Hello, welcome to episode eight of the Nebraska Wedding Podcast. I'm Kelly LaFleur, your host. I own Lacework Films, a wedding film studio here in town. Uh, we just had a double header weekend, and I am so excited to share the weddings from this weekend because I had the first one was a five year vow renewal. So, not technically a wedding, but it was an event. It was wonderful. Um, the videos from that are going to be incredible. And then the next day I had an elopement and partnered with Tiny Lux Weddings to put together a super sweet intimate ceremony at Le Boulion downtown. It was fantastic. So I hope all of you guys have had wonderful weekends, whether or not you were attending weddings, working weddings, doing anything wedding related or just relaxing. So Um, Thank you so much for being here. I am really excited about our guest this week. I've got two episodes coming out this week, and they are both going to be from our guest, Jessica Blex. We had such an amazing interview together. We talked for over an hour, so I have split this episode, this interview, into two episodes. So we will be releasing part two this Friday, June 7th. So if you're wondering, do I really need to listen to both parts? I would say if you are a photographer who is interested in getting into weddings, yes. Part two is Jessica's love letter to you, basically. So you will definitely want to tune in on Friday. If you're a couple planning your wedding, if you're someone who works weddings, if you're a photographer in the area, you will definitely want to listen to part one. She gives a lot of advice. She talks about burnout. She talks about the struggles that she's faced over the last nine years of doing weddings. And also she gives some really great advice to couples about what is really important on your wedding day. So without further ado, meet Jessica Blex. All right, everyone. We are here today with our guest. She is a photographer located in Lincoln, Nebraska. She has been featured on Style Me Pretty, Gray Likes Weddings, and Martha Stewart's blog for weddings, which I'm very excited to have her here. So Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Okay, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. So let's get started. Um, Tell us a little bit about your photography, your elevator pitch. Um, I've been a photographer for about nine years now, and I've been shooting weddings full-time for about eight of those nine years. Um, I shoot mostly like hybrid photography so I I try to shoot as much film as I can just because it keeps me challenged and by film I don't mean video because I get that question a lot I mean like old rolled film um I also um I shoot well mostly weddings usually about 30 a year I also shoot families and babies and I shouldn't say shoot I should say photograph right I photograph (laughs) the um, world these days yeah families and babies and kids and seniors I kind of try to do everything but I mainly hone in on couples and so that means engagements and weddings and yeah just that's typically what I photograph the most and that's what I like to do so Awesome. Awesome. Um, Let's talk about your journey through your career, your full time. You've been full time for a while. So tell us a little bit about your story and where you come from and how you found photography. Yeah. So I went to school at UNK and I mean, I've been out of school now for almost 10 years. And so I'm an older photographer, which I like to play off a lot because there's so many young there's so many young ones these days um but I I graduated with a degree in advertising and marketing and then I minored in graphic design so I started as um, a graphic designer at a clothing company in Kearney and I kind of just started like they they kind of they knew I was interested in photography 
I was always the person, kind of the same as a lot of the other photographer's stories, always the person with the camera in their hand. Um, but I really liked the design aspect of everything. So um, I started off as a graphic designer at this company, um, just doing like emails and stuff like that, campaign marketing. And they started training me in photography and letting me kind of go like to different workshops and different um, classes. And then I kind of just picked it up and I it took off because I had really like well-dressed clients in Kearney and uh, because they all came from this, you know, corporate office. And so it was just, it was a really awesome way to start. And then um, I decided to go full time and it just kind of like Kearney was really great to me and it I took off from there. I did a ton of seniors there and um, then all of a sudden my weddings started to shift and they were in more in Lincoln and Omaha and I was doing less out there and I found myself driving I-80 every single weekend. So yeah, it just kind of, I moved to Lincoln three years ago and haven't looked back. So it's been kind of crazy. I, I don't even know how many weddings I've shot now, like probably well into the 200s, but it's a crazy life <laughs> yeah so. for sure so talk a little bit about where your love for design and style like was that something through your childhood or like where did that kind of come in was it a default degree uh, no I mean I actually didn't d decide I liked design until I was a junior in college and I think my parents wanted to kill me because they were just like ready for me to graduate and so I ended up adding the marketing like minor because I wanted to stay and take more design classes. But UNK's program is so intense that they make you, it just didn't work out to major in it. So I've always been creative and kind of, and my mom always used to say like, you should do something in the creative field. And I thought I was going to be a like an animator or something ridiculous. Like I wanted to work for Husker Vision. Like that is literally what I wanted to do. And so um, then I dabbled with thinking I wanted to go to law school. I had no idea. So it kind of just worked its way towards me a little bit um kept coming back to it I had an opportunity to do a lot of design in college just with my on-campus job and stuff like that and so that's where I kind of figured out I wasn't bad at it so um it's kind of really helped me too because a lot of the rules of like juxtaposition I think that's the word I'm trying to say <laughs> um, um all of the you know rules of thirds like different design principles have kind of helped me develop my eye for photography so it kind of worked out but I am I had like, like I, when I was doing design work, it just wasn't as fulfilling. And so, and I mean, definitely photography is exhausting sometimes too, but it's just one of those things where I knew I needed like more variation in what I was doing. I needed a chance to be able to be a free thinker with the creativity side, which I think photography most of the time allows for that. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about what are three things that your client or a lot of people who probably follow you on social media and everything like that don't know about you? Oh, gosh. Well, a lot of people probably don't know a lot about me because I don't like to post on social media about my personal life, but that's besides the point. Um, no, I would say, so, um, well, I teach kickboxing. That's kind of something, it's a random fact that not a lot of people know about me. Um, I'm a big advocate for working out, so that's helped me a lot. Um Let's see what else. I have an obsession for zebra cakes. That's my random fact that when people, I don't know, I'm really classy like that. I just like hostess cakes. It's fine. Um, there's my awkward comment. Okay. And then um, let's see. Third thing. Um, I have two wiener dogs. I don't know. Those are, you probably, if anyone follows me on Snapchat, they would see those the most out of anybody. So 
I don't know. Is that random? Yeah, <laughs> no, names. that's awesome. What are your dog's names? Bella and Alice. Do not judge my Twilight dog names right oh, now. Because they're six and 12. That was the time that frame. Was the time. I named Bella. Like, that was like, right. Anyways, long story there. But it's just, yeah, shows my age. It's fine. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Um, Talk a little bit about kickboxing. Like, how did oh. you get into that? Oh, gosh. I... So you guys, as a photographer, as a photographer, I let myself go like the first few years of business. I was so busy. I was just going 100 miles an hour all the time. And I ate Casey's pizza like it was your job. Um, Literally, like I would probably have like five pieces. I mean, a day. Who knows? Like traveling back and forth between Lincoln and Kearney. I ate like crap. So anyways, gained a lot of weight, decided that when I moved to Lincoln, I just had a lot of personal stuff going on. And so I was like, I need an outlet. And you know, it's like so, such can be so stressful. Um, and so I found kickboxing. And so I actually won a thousand dollars doing this challenge for ferals. And then I, they asked me to stay on and, and teach and which I thought was hilarious. And now it's so fun because like, if I'm in a bad mood, nothing gets me out of a bad mood more than like making people do burpees. Like I just enjoy it. So yeah, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine just being able to yell at a room of people do well, this many I mean, burpees. I don't yell at them. Okay. You probably talk them, nicely. But no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, today I didn't. I felt bad for them today. But no, I just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times, like, especially with what we do, we always are putting everybody else in front of ourselves. And so as that was something this last couple of years, it's like tried, I've tried to be a huge advocate for putting myself first for once and not allowing myself to like slip up when it comes to I mean don't get me wrong I eat what I want but you know what I mean just being able to um have an outlet and making sure that I stay on top of it and having a good group of people around me like you know what I mean to be supportive in that aspect for this is all totally on a tangent so sorry no you're good I love talking about fitness anyway because I for a long time up until what two or three years ago you know, you try all of the videos and you yeah. are like, oh, get a gym membership and nothing ever works out. And yeah, I have I learned the queen of that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, oh, at home, yeah. I don't have to leave. Yeah. I'll totally work out. You guys, if I didn't have the gym, I would be in sweatpants for like eight days in a row without changing them. Like there is that is my social like if I don't have sessions, if I'm not, if I don't go to the gym, I won't shower. Like that was what I was going to say. It makes me shower. Yeah, No, like <laughs> it was so bad for a long time. And like anybody who saw me during those few years knows that it was just like not a good situation for anybody. So um, it's definitely like a big part of who I am now. But I mean, I'm sure it's like, you know, it's like CrossFit. We don't talk about it. <laughs> like, you know, so my friends were like, OK, we don't need to hear about Harold's again. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's just also everyone kind of gets to the point where they have to make the decision for themselves. Yeah, for sure. And like, like I said, just I think, too, with like I said, what we do, it's so isolating and it's so um, it can be so lonely. It's just like a nice thing to be able to get out, whether you're doing that or walking or doing anything, just getting being active and staying active is like so important because I feel like if you're you're throwing all of your energy into one thing, like, you know, being on the computer and editing or doing or shooting and your clients and, you know, you it's so easy to get wrapped up that you don't make time for yourself. And then you like, for me, emotionally exhausting, like if it's that way, you know, so I have to be able to like get out and kind of take out some stress or, you oh, know, totally picture people's faces on the bag. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just 
yeah, be active and do something else besides work. So. And I think the social element too, because I know for me, I realized I'm a group class person. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just go to yeah, the gym. That's exactly how I was. <laughs> well, and it wasn't even that because I took group classes at another gym in Lincoln. Before that, it was more of like, I needed people that were going to like text me if I wasn't there. Yeah. And that community. I, yeah. And I need it. And I had that happen. Like I went to Hawaii during my first 10 weeks and I had like five people like right on my Facebook wall. Where are you? What are you doing? Like, because I'd been there every week, you know, since that before that. So it was, I don't know. It's just kind of nice. Some people don't work well that way. I find myself needing accountability. And so that was what I, what I needed. And I still, to this day, like, I mean, I know if I post like that, I'm eating Freddy's on Snapchat, like my boss is going to see it. So, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Let's talk about, um, one thing that I like to talk with everyone about is mistakes that we've made that make us better. How long is the podcast again? Yeah. <laughs> we can talk forever <laughs> about this, right? Well, and the longer you're in it, kind of the more experience mm-hmm. you get and you think that you've gotten to a point and you're like, I, I have no more mistakes to make. No, no, no. Yeah. No, I actually think I got there this past year where I was like, I could shoot a wedding with my eyes closed. Learned my lesson very quickly. I've had a lot of stuff happen. I've had gear fail, cards fail. I've tried really hard to make sure that I've always have myself covered in every aspect. So knock on wood, I've done really well there. Um, I did have a hard drive that fell off of a desk and broke into pieces and they couldn't recover anything. And thank goodness my clients were so gracious. I, I didn't lose any weddings. I lost a couple seniors, but it was like during July when I had, sh- you know, I had no time to be reshooting five sessions. Um, so that kind of stuff has happened to me. Um, I would say more than anything, like the biggest mistakes I've probably made is just not holding myself accountable and not like the whole going back to not putting my, like not keeping myself first because I just got burnt out, you know, and I've been burnt out before and it's not fun. And it's hard to shoot 40 weddings a year when you're, you know, burnt out or that's how many I shot the year I was burnt out. Um, and so I think like just, you know, making sure that you stay, um, creatively stimulated in other ways so that it's not just photography. That's something I've been trying really hard to, to make sure I'm doing because I know myself and I know now like, Hey, you know, it's, it's time to take a step back. Um, I also, uh, I would say just like, I'm not great at communicating with people as I mean, you can probably tell, um, not in person on, on the computer, answering phones, text, that kind of stuff. That is something I struggle with just because, I go and go already and I know we all do, but it's just something like I am not a good multitasker. So if I'm editing, I'm either doing really well at editing and my turnaround time is good or I'm really good at answering emails. There is no like in between. And so sometimes I lose business that way. But I also try to give myself like a little bit of grace because I know that I'm only one person. I don't have any employees and I know that could be an excuse, but I just I don't know. I I know there's things I could do better. And so I've been really working on that this last week. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 So what are some coping mechanisms that you have found help with burnout or helping you from getting burned out? Resting. So for me, that has been like really hard. So when I lived in Kearney, I was, like I said, going like 100 miles an hour all the time. I shot, I think one year I shot like 80 seniors. That is insane. Okay. That's so um, yeah, I just... And I know there are photographers that go and go and go and they post it and they are like, yeah, I already booked 
25, 30 weddings for 2020. And I was like, that's great. Like, I cannot do that right now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so um, I just, I, I promise you, I know there's a lot, some young photographers that are listening. I used to sit there and think like, these old photographers, like they don't know what they're talking about. You guys, you will get burnt out if you are not charging what you should be charging. So that was a that was something. I mean, I feel like I've pretty much always done pretty decent with how I've charged. I've done a lot of workshops and things that have really helped educate me on like my worth and like how much money it takes for me to run a business and live a life that I want to. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. Oh my gosh, tangent number no, five hundred. Sorry, you're totally good. So as far as you've talked a lot about education and investing yeah. into education, yeah. um, tell us a little bit about what, what you get out of it, why it's valuable. Cause I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I've been in business for this long. I, yeah, I, I sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I have nothing left to learn, you know, yeah. but I think there is always something left to learn. Like, especially as you get older and there's so much in the last nine years that has changed in photography. There's so many new trends. There's so many like new cameras. Like half the time I was like, what is that camera that lady is using? Like the videographer or whomever, I have no idea. Um, so education for me has been something I have honestly invested the most money in. Um, I've been doing workshops since year one. I went, I've, you know, I've met my dream photographers, like the people who I idolized. Don't do that, by the way. Um, you'll only be let down. Um, <laughs> and so I've met so many great photographers. I've met so many great people, like just in the industry in general, because of, you know, doing different workshops and things and you get to travel and um, build portfolios and, and kind of just creatively recharge yourself. So like, you know, that's a coping mechanism, I guess, for burnout too. But um, yeah, I would say like the number one investment I've made in myself, like as a business owner has been through going to like learn from other people. And um, just in general, like, you know, I've went to France and Canada and just like ran, you know, I've learned from the best in the industry and there's still stuff that I'm just like, holy crap, like I had no idea that I could do that, you know, and you see sometimes it just takes like, you know, the style you're wanting to get you see someone else do it once and then it's like, holy, like it's just total game changer. And so, um, that was for me. Like I went to Charleston a couple of years ago and shot film for the first time at a workshop and I got to rent a camera. Um, actually they let us do it for free, but so I rented a camera and I was shooting like this super high end dress, like $80,000 dress. What? We would never get that, you know, $10,000 veil, like ridiculous amounts of money were spent. I mean, just renting this stuff, but, um, yeah. And I was, I was working with at the time, this amazing stylist that was featured everywhere, like personal friends with Martha Stewart, like crazy stuff. And I learned a lot about what I liked about it and what I didn't like about it. And I don't know, it was just like kind of unrelatable, but you know what I mean? It's just, I would never get that kind of thing around here. Not in, not around here. I shouldn't say that, but in general, that's a lot of people aren't spending that kind of money. So anyways, I don't know. I just think that like creatively challenging yourself is great. Um, and shooting for yourself is great, but I th also think like the whole education aspect, um, is probably like for me has been the most important thing. So I'm just like creating networking and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and I hear from a good handful of people about, you know, it's, 
important for us to obviously not compare our work and Mm -hmm. compare ourselves to other people, which then I think can also translate into, well, then I don't need to learn from other people because I'm like honing in and like working on my own style. Um, But I have learned in the last year that a course or a workshop can teach you a lot in two or three days that it could take you two or three years to figure out. Yeah. And well, I think too, it's, I know it's, I mean, I get the comparison thing and I'm somebody who's guilty of it as well. Like there's a ton of new names popping up everywhere. Like every five minutes, I'm like, who is that? And I was like, that page, like, and I remember when I first started and I felt so creatively driven to like create something different. And so, you know, as you get going and you get into this and you're really into it for a long time, you find yourself like you're doing the same poses, you're saying the same things, you're telling the same stories. And so it's one of those things where like, just even seeing a fresh perspective for a minute, like at a, 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 as a guest at a wedding, watching what the photographer is doing, not comparing, but just like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Like, or, you know, or that doesn't work for me. Like, what is she doing? You know, that kind of thing. Or um, I don't know, just in general, like I think taking the time, like I th- I know here, like thanks to the Omaha Creative Collaborative and all of that stuff, we have such a big group of people who are like willing to reach out and and help you and not even help, but teach you and show you that there are different ways to do things. So I think that's super valuable too. So there's a shout out to Nathaniel. <laughs> yeah. Right. He'll be a guest. Soon. Yes. Okay. Um, let's yeah. talk about you and your business and your style and yes. I, yeah. Tell us all of the things. I mean, I have an interesting style. I think to some people I'm like a huge advocate for timeless photography. So I have this new like tagline I've been kind of using to for my like seniors mostly, but I try to still be hip sometimes, but just about like not having such like over editing on pictures. And I know I'm not like calling anybody out by any means because honestly, like, and people, like I said, if you follow my Snapchat, you've seen me try to edit dark and moody. I can't do it. Like I can't shoot it. I don't see life that way. And some of the times when I like, I'll see some people's work and I'm like, that is so emotional. Like I love it. But just for me, that's just not my style and not what I'm drawn to as far as, um, for like wedding photography specifically. Um, I don't know. I have, I've been around a little long, you know, long time. So I have seen a lot of trends already in the last nine years. Like picnic was really big when I was in college. Does anybody remember picnic? Yes. (laughs) Like hearts on text over your pictures. I think that's where my love for quotes came about, but, um, no. And just like, Instagram when it first started like all the heavy filters and you know frames and whatever but it's just like one of those things where you know when I was in high school and in in college and it was like color oh my gosh selective color excuse me selective color and sepia toned like you know what I mean and that's great for that time but in 10 years when you have your pictures printed on your wall like I just you know what I mean like for me my biggest thing is I just want things to look exactly the way I saw them and maybe a little brighter because I really like bright images but I want I like I know that people spend so much time like deciding the details of their wedding like the colors and the you know where it's going to be and what it's going to look like and then a lot of times where you see some photographers and like I said again I have not I'm not even thinking of anybody in particular but it's just like across the industry as a whole where it's like you know the the colors are completely shifted from green to gray and from like a little bit warmer and that's great like that's fine I just think that sometimes too like couples need to like really analyze like what their stuff is going to look like in a few years and same with photographers too it's our job to create 
things for them that it's going to last a lifetime. And so that's where I struggle a little bit with some of the trends that are coming in and out. Maybe that's just because I'm an old lady. I don't know. But um, I just want to make sure that like for my couple specifically, that I'm providing them a timeless like gallery of images that looks the way that they had always dreamed of it being, I guess, as cheesy as it sounds. So yeah, um, I consider myself, my work to be kind of bright and airy. That's kind of the film aesthetic um, that I've tried to achieve, which I feel like I do decent at, but you guys, the weather in Nebraska makes it so hard to have consistent work when you have to pay attention to the sun always. Like, and if it's cloudy, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what's happening? So yeah, I, that's kind of my overall aesthetic, I guess. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about your shift into film because obviously that's been a transition over the last couple years (sighs) and what made you fall in love with it well so you guys like I felt this is laughable um I felt at that point that I had learned all I needed to learn when it came to weddings um and the way my camera worked I literally maybe know what three buttons on my camera does it's fine I don't need to know anymore um that's kind of was my attitude I was bored shooting weddings like I was just you know and I was seeing all this work on Instagram and Pinterest and it was all like Jose Villa and um, KT Mary and like all of these amazing film photographers. And I had no idea what, I didn't even know what film was. I bought Jose Villa's book and I was like, this isn't a Canon. I have no idea what this camera is. And I actually remember Ashley Crawford here in Omaha got into film before anyone else. Like there was a few before her, but like she really like advocated for it. So yeah, Ashley Crawford kind of was like, you know, the work you're looking at is film, right? Like, and so she kind of piqued my interest and I know the photographers who piqued her interest, you know? And so it's kind of cool. Um, film was just a challenge for me because I sucked at it for, and I still suck at it sometimes. Like it's hard. You have to manual focus, which I know video, you guys all get that. Um, you have, I mean, you can't shoot backlit. You have to, you know, it's just, there's so many more things that go into it. You have to rate your film and digital is, smart guys but there's some stuff where digital is not smart and one of those things is highlights and so film like you can just I mean you get your film scans back and they're perfect and it's just so nice and like don't get me wrong I still usually make mine brighter because I'm a psychopath but I just I don't know it was just something for me like I finally was getting the look I wanted no matter who I was photographing and um then after I kind of learned how to shoot film, my digital work transitioned. So because I was putting them in the right light for film, so then my digital work started looking more like film. Um, And so that's something that's been another challenge for me is then when you shoot hybrid, you have to try to match everything together. And sometimes I do a really good job and sometimes I don't care. I'm just like, ooh, I like this, like look for this and I don't like it in film or vice versa. And so for me, it was just honestly just a challenge. Like I just wanted something that was going to make my brain hurt a little bit and more and more than anything, it makes my wallet hurt, but that's fine. Like it's, and I don't, I don't charge extra really for film. It's literally for me. So I tell my couples that too. And half the time they don't even know what I'm doing. They think I'm shooting video or something. So (laughs) I've had so many people like, oh my gosh, what is that? They have no idea. So especially when I'm shooting like 21 year old weddings and you know, 21 year olds getting married and they're like, Oh, that wasn't around when I was younger. So yeah, yeah. So um, so talk a little bit about gear because are you you say you shoot hybrid? So mm-hmm. to me, 
who has never seen you shoot, does that mean you're shooting on two different cameras? Is yes. it the same camera? No. So I shoot, um, my digital, I shoot with a Canon 1DX, um, soon to be upgraded because it's old and it needs a new shutter. Worse. And it, you guys, I, you would think my arms would be like ripped for how heavy this camera is, but they're not. But I, so I shoot with one of those on one hip and then I shoot with my contact 645 on the other, which is like a medium format um, film camera. Um, and there's other options for film like that one. When I, I have this big ad like thing I advocate for when buying gear. And it's just like if you know you're going to want the gear in two years, just buy it. Like don't buy five things that lead up to that. Just buy it. So hence why I have a 1DX because I was like, oh, I like I think journalists in like the war zones have this camera, <laughs> which if you ever ever shot with me, like, you know that I treat my gear like that. So it's fine. So I needed something that was a little more durable. but. Um, and then the six, the contact 645 is the bee's knees for film photographers. And it's the most finicky camera you'll ever come across. So if you're starting in film, like a 35 millimeter would probably be a better option. But, um, yeah, there's several other options that are much cheaper that are much more reliable. So awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, talking to couples and what your process is and everything like that, because everyone has a very different client process and what that looks like. So if a couple were to work with you on their wedding day and everything like that, what does that look like? So I think the most important thing for business owners, I mean, especially in our industry, like we're creatives, like we have personalities. Most of us, they're probably a lot bigger than a lot of other people. Some people, that's not the case my personality is large. So I always tell my couples like before even booking with me, like I want to work with my friends on my weekends. Like I, I can't advocate that enough because your couple will trust you if they would be friends with you in real life. So that's, I've always said that from, well, I, I made the couple mistakes early on about that where I was photographing weddings with people who I didn't relate to at all. And you can relate to anybody if you're a good talker, but was I truly enjoying my Saturdays? No, you know, and that's, I mean, if any of my early couples are listening, it's probably not you, but I'm just saying like, I can't advocate enough for just making sure you're spending your time with people you enjoy being around. So my couples that I work with know that I am loud. I'm sassy. I have a potty mouth. Um, I, I want their wedding day to go as smooth as possible. So I treat everyone's wedding day as if I were going, it was my, like I was the bride and I feel like, and I know a lot of people who do it that way, but like, I am vocal about what I'm looking for, what I want. Um, if something isn't right in the church, I will turn lights off. I will turn lights on. Um, I'm not scared to ask for things because I feel like your couple then trusts you even more. And so, um, I tell my couples that when they book me and I also tell my brides, like, it is not your job to babysit your groomsmen. Um, I mean, they should be adults and you shouldn't have to. That's a side note. Um, but I mean, as photographers, we all know that and videographers, I mean, everybody knows getting the groomsmen or wedding party to cooperate can sometimes be hard. So I always joke. I'm like, I am the voice that's in your head. If they're acting like idiots, I'm going to tell them they're acting like idiots. And so I actually had a lady email me um, this last like probably spring. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's still a spring, but she emailed me and she asked me to shoot her wedding and I was booked. And so I asked, I always, I have the same email I send out to everyone if I'm booked and it just says like, tell me what you're looking for. I'd be happy to set up um, some referrals for you from the people that I know could do a good job for you. And her only 
her only like thing that she wrote back was, I've heard you're very assertive and that's what we're looking for. And I was like, great. So you're telling me I'm kind of a B and that's fine. That's fine, guys. I'm fine <laughs> with that because I get stuff done on wedding days, but I definitely have days where, and if and there's a lot of videographers who have worked with me where they know, like I roll my eyes, like, you know, I turn around. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't even handle this right now because sometimes groomsmen are just difficult, you know? And I'm, I keep calling groomsmen out because they usually are the problem, but sometimes it's an mother, easy mother of the groom, mother of the bride or whomever it might be bride and groom. Who knows? Sometimes, you know, stuff happens and wedding days are so unpredictable. So it's just like, I always just say like, I am your biggest advocate for your wedding to go smoothly because it has my name attached to it. So, um, there's been wedding days where I've walked away like, oh my gosh, I was so mean to the, the, any, like some people that day, you know, but I feel like my brides appreciate it because guess what? They don't have to be mean. And I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, like if I can take one for the team, I will. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of a tangent on how I'm a mean photographer, but that's fine. Um, you guys, your patience gets so thin as you get old. Like I did not know that. And now like the jokes that I found so funny when I was younger, like at weddings, I was like, that's not funny anymore. Moving on. Like, yeah, I found the whole, like, put your hand on top of each other for the toast. This is the last time you have the upper hand. I died the first time that I heard that. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. It's old now. Yeah. And also like, what's the other one that, um, well, okay. Like groomsmen, we all know like where to put our hands. Like, I don't get what is so hard about that. Like, I you know it does not belong in the groomsmen in front of you's pockets like you know what I mean like I, literally every time I can't even say this on the podcast what I say to people but I'm like keep your hands to yourself you don't need to touch the person's like anywhere lower than his hips like come on we're adults like you don't need you know exactly these are what going I'm, on a wall yeah, these are going, like yeah yes. like you know that Brenda's mom is gonna see these later like no, we don't want your pants unzipped. Like, yes. no, we're not going to get you peeing in a field. Like yes. that is like Pinterest was great for one thing. But one thing it was not great for was funny wedding photos that are not funny. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Tangent oh number gosh. 600. <laughs> no, it's so or true. Rant. It's rant, so true. That was. Say. Yeah. It's a good rant. Though. Yeah. It's a no. rant that needs to happen. <laughs> so usually what happens is. I've had couples who will ask for those photos or like, they'll be like, oh my gosh, like Joe and his friends are over there like peeing in the field. It looks so funny. And I look at them and I like have the most judgmental face ever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't shoot that. And if I do shoot it, I will say, you put that in your, like you put that in your Facebook gallery and I will be so angry at you. So that's usually, (laughs) or I won't give it to you. I don't know. So anyways, you can. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Um, Talk about just advice advice for couples. Couples. Let's go first, and then we'll talk photographers. Okay. Um, My advice for couples, and I think this is pretty similar to what most photographers would say, is just find someone you jive well with and that you really can trust. Because if you trust your photographer, they will go over and beyond for you. And especially around here, like I've met so many photographers who just have – um, like not in Nebraska, like in, you know, California where they're shooting these weddings that you guys, they literally charge like $35,000 for a wedding, like not all of them, but these, some of the ones I've met. And I think that when their head gets too big, they stop caring about their clients or their couples. And like, I could never do that. Like I, no matter how much, I mean, I don't charge anywhere near that, but I, I just think that finding someone you can trust, that's going to be there for you that's going to advocate for you that's going to treat their wedding as their own because at the end of the day I mean there is some stuff like you know they always say like oh you can't redo your day there's some stuff you can redo your day so like don't panic if something goes wrong but 
I always just say like, if you trust your photographer, tell them like, there is no words like more magical to a photographer than we trust you do what you do. Like you're going to get them so much more creatively jived than you would if you were like, no, I have to have this family photo right here in this place at this time. Um, I mean, that's great. And that might work for some type A personalities, but most photographers aren't type A. And if we're like, you know, stifled with a shot list or any like, I mean, ideas are fine, but I always just tell my couples or my brides specifically when they send me over ideas, like go into your wedding day with as least amount of expectations as possible because I always compare it to New Year's Eve, which is maybe not the greatest, but I just say like, if you go in and have no expectations, you're going to enjoy yourself so much more and just taking in every moment because it does go so fast um, versus like, oh my gosh, like this, 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 all these things went, little things that no one notices goes wrong. Like no one, no one notices. It's like at the end of the day, you're so absorbed with the negative, the negative parts of your day that you're not taking in the whole point of a wedding, which is to get married. And so I always tell a lot of my couples, like we will take it with a grain of salt. Like everything that happens, we laugh about, like, it's not, it's not supposed to be a perfect day because life isn't perfect. So um, I've had crazy weddings and I have so many stories. And if anyone would like to hear them someday, I have, I could write a book sometimes. And I know so many people who have crazier stories, but, um, just know that like, there's no way that your wedding is the worst that these people have ever seen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's just totally. like, have fun and enjoy yourself, hire people that will advocate for you and do their, like do their best work. And then trust why you hired them so that's like the always what I tell my couples so totally well yeah. and before we hit record you know we were talking about a situation where you had a location where the bride wanted to take family photos but you knowing your style and knowing that the couple booked you for the photos that you have put out like you know the best place for those family photos to happen and so being open, I think, is so important because it might be raining on your wedding day. It might be cloudy. It might be windy. It could be we're in Nebraska. So, it could be guys, anything. This weather, it's like killing. It's a hundred percent chance of rain this coming weekend. Um, so like my biggest thing is that most of my couples, like ninety nine percent of them, like I tell them if this isn't right, like we're gonna do this elsewhere because I know that they've invested a lot of money with me and they're not going to remember that they said, like, we have to have these here. They're going to look at these and be like, those are garbage. And so sometimes when I'm working, like, I mean, if you've ever been in a wedding party, you know, like if it's, if it's a cloudy day, my life is like a torrential mess for a hot minute because I just, I know where I like to shoot in sunny days and cloudy days. I'm like, where is the sun? I have no idea. And so I will sit and I will rotate wedding parties around in circles. I'll be like, no, this isn't good. We're going to move. And you know, I'm not scared to say like, no, like that I, I will tell, or I'll say, yeah, we're going to do it this way and I'll give you those, but I'm going to need five extra minutes and we're going to go do it my way because I know you'll like those so much better. And so most of my couples are totally fine with that if time allows and everything. Um, or if there's not like an underlying reason, like I get sentimental, all of that stuff. But I just think like being vocal and telling them like, you know, I know what I'm doing. Like you hired me and I'm, I would never say this to a couple on their wedding day, but just, and just like I said, advocating for them and saying, you know, like, Hey, 
this light is not great. Like, can we move? Do you think we could go somewhere else? And if they say no, then just be like, and I've had couples where I've been like, you heard that right to other people. Like they didn't want to move. So you remind them when, you know, this and this and this comes back and it's not exactly what my style is like or whatever. So I would just say like, they don't know what they're doing half the time. And I'm like, unless they're a photographer, you know, which I've shot photographers weddings and those are great. Like, cause they know and they put everything in the best time of day, you know, but It's just like one of those things where I don't walk into a doctor's office telling them what prescription I need. So like you kind of have to just like, you know, tell your couples like, hey, this is how it's going to go. Trust me. And then show them the back of your camera. So and I always shoot everything pretty true to life. So I'm able to do that. So and they can go from there. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's one thing you saying showing back of camera like. Obviously, it works well for your style. I've Mm -hmm. heard from some other people. You know, I think there's a lot of differing opinions. Yeah, I totally show people the back of my camera. Um, But I also shoot really true to life. So half the time, I mean, it'll look a little different. They won't they won't notice unless they saw the before. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And so I I don't know. I'm an advocate for showing the back of my camera at a a wedding and um, there's sometimes where I'll be like, okay, don't look at that one. Cause I exposed 40, 40 frames before that picture. Cause some, you guys, I didn't even know my camera had a light meter until like last year. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, yep. Great photographer over here. But I always just tell people like, especially, um, like with my couples, sometimes all the bride needs for a boost of confidence is to see herself like, totally. you know? And so, um, Sometimes brides are insecure and they think their arm looks fat or they think their teeth are yellow or whatever. And so sometimes just showing them and obviously like having knowledge and posing and whatever, but showing them like, hey, like you are gorgeous. Like, look how good this is. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I literally my bride last weekend. I she saw the back of my camera as I turned around. I had it lifted up by my shoulder and she goes, oh, my gosh, I look so pretty. (laughs) And so it's just kind of one of those things where. Just even showing them a little, like a little snip will like help them all the more. So um, I'm I don't care if someone wants to look at my camera, I'll show them unless it's overexposed, which sometimes it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, guys, stay tuned for more. That was an awesome conversation with Jessica. She, I loved when she just really opened up about her personal life and experiencing burnout because I think no matter what career you are in, it is easy to get to that point where we're just so focused on our work and we kind of just forget about everything else. So if you want to connect with Jessica, you can find her on Instagram at Jessica Blex. Her website is www.jessicablex.com. You can also find her on Facebook. If you have any questions about the podcast or would like to be a guest, send me an email, hello at laceworkfilms.com. Also, if you have any upcoming events that you would like to have advertised, I would love to share about them. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and make sure to tune back in Friday for part two.